0: At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners
2: You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with mile high
3: huddles Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Larry, Caught for the touchdown. A two-yard laser. Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one. Lindsay is in. Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit. Nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig. He's that they call a touchdown.
0: They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, no offense. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fett takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And so, caught touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And
2: now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercise the demons. This house is clear.
4: Okay, and we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude, I'm I'm still a little bit stunned because you felt like going into the fourth quarter the niners had super bowl 54 in the can basically but yep. mahomes dude you give him you give him an inch dude's going to take a mile the chiefs are now super bowl world champions for
2: the first time since i think jack kennedy was president of the united states <sighs> You got to give them their due, Chad. They, the, the Chiefs have a truly transcendent generational type of product at quarterback, and uh, it's amazing watching that game. You thought they were dead in the water in the fourth quarter. They had no life left in them. The Niners were just stifling around the football. They were looking on the verge of winning that game. And then Mahomes finally gets them on the board again. He, th- he throws a touchdown, and that entire defense, the entire team just comes to life. They get a stop, score another touchdown. That is what having a franchise quarterback can do for you. That is the power of of a franchise quarterback. It's the same thing we've been telling our viewers for months now. It's the same reason why we both picked the Chiefs, despite our our, our rooting interest for this game. It's just when you have Patrick Mahomes, you are never out of a game. It can, you could be down 40 nothing, The game is not over yet. Though I will say, Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing in that game? His clock management, his play calling in the second half, it was actually abysmal. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of what I thought about Vance Joseph last year, Chad. It all comes down to coaching in the very end.
4: Yeah, you would like also to see Jimmy Garoppolo show up in the clutch as well. And I mean, that's what it comes down to. When it's when the, the the margin of error is slim, it comes down to quarterback play, it comes down to coaching decisions. And unfortunately the Niners blew it, man. The Niners blew it. And he Bronco had Sanders downfield. Yeah, that's right. He right. overthrew him. And, you know, Broncos fans are going to have to live with a, a, a whole season of Chiefs fans feeling like they're on top of the world, and they are on top of the world. Yeah. They deserve it. You know, their team, uh, their team won it all. And, man, I just shudder to think. It's like Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. he cannot be beaten. It doesn't matter what the margin is. It's like Michael Jordan circa 1996 playing quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, it's you know, I, I shudder to think what the future might hold. The only hope is that Drew
2: Locke can turn the corner hey, for this right. team ASAP. That's right. That's what we always talk about, the the power and the importance of having that franchise quarterback. And obviously, Drew Locke is not where Patrick Mahomes is yet, but he has that potential to be. He has the potential to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs because you saw today just having a good defense isn't going to beat the Chiefs, isn't going to beat Mahomes. You have to have an offense capable of scoring points on the ground and through the air. And Locke has a ways to go, but we saw last year the glimpses of that. And I think the Broncos can have an offense next year where they hang with Kansas City and they have the defense to maybe pull out a victory. But you got to give Kansas City their due. I mean, they are world champions. They have the best team in the NFL. And and Patrick Mahomes, we talked about it off-air chat just before we went on. He has the... Uh, the possibility of being the best quarterback in NFL history. There's truly no one else like him. He's not the next Manning. He's not the next Brady. He is Patrick Mahomes. He is truly a generational talent. And as a football observer, even though we cover the Broncos, he is a joy to watch. He's just a a great, great player. He's a great player. And the, the Chiefs, you know, they got their ring.
4: And hats off to him. Congratulations. But listen, we don't want to spend the rest of this podcast talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and a Super Bowl that, frankly, most Broncos fans were, you know, doing this the whole time, like peeping around the corner. We want to celebrate what was a very, you know, it was a victorious weekend for Broncos country, and that is exemplified by the fact that Steve Atwater was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about that. We want to get what's on your guys' mind We're going to keep this podcast because it's a little bit later. We wanted to wait till after the Super Bowl was done before we went live. We're going to keep this one a little bit tighter than usual. But before we dive into the main meat and potatoes of today's show, quick reminder, guys, make sure you're following us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. It's simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. As always, if you like what you're seeing as well, whether you're watching this, viewing this on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're watching, if you like it, share it. And another great organic way for you to support the show is by heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving a creative review. And if you like what we're doing here, give us a five-star rating. We will be announcing on tomorrow night's show the winners of January's giveaway, the randomly selected names, who will get some swag, some Mile High Huddle Huddle Up podcast swag from the store. And I'll, I'll put that right now in the comment stream. We've, we're slowly but surely adding additional products to this. It's kind of been a bit of a schlog, both Zach and I, when it comes to designing, you know, this type of stuff where we're fish out of water. So we're uh, hoping to get a guy working on this very soon this week. And it's just going to explode with different things that you guys might dig and be interested in. So take care of that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance.
4: All right, Zach. So finally, a long suffering. Steve Atwater gets into the Hall of Fame. What was your gut reaction when you finally saw come across the wire that Atwater was in?
2: I was so happy for him, Chad. It's it's so long overdue for Steve Atwater. He should have been in years ago. And I just we we told the story a few times, but I keep harkening back to it. Last year at the combine, we went up to him. We talked about him. It was just after he found out he wasn't going to make the Hall of Fame, and we were both so confident he would be in there in 2020. I said, "2020, Steve is your year." And he was humble and he downplayed it. But I said, "You're going to get in." We both said that you were going to sacrifice someone of the football gods, Chad. That's how confident we were. I'll go. That's right. That he was going to get in. I'm just so happy for it was so well deserved and uh palomalo too it, it's hard to leave off one or the other they're both generational safeties they both uh, change the game for what it's worth and uh, i'm just really happy for them. it's uh it's the right time
4: some of you guys it sounds like you want to keep talking super bowl honestly we're not that interested in talking about the super bowl <laughs> we're not we're about as interested as talking about what just happened today in the super bowl as we were a couple of days ago when last you heard from us on thursday night in the mile high mailbag like Tip your cap to him, but we're on to Broncos-oriented topics. Let me tell you something. As it relates to to Steve Outwater, the very first Bronco game I went to as a kid, I remember going down before the ball kicked to uh, field level to just eyeball the players as they are warming up, and I could not fathom this mammoth of a man. I was like, dang, dude, that guy, he looks big on screen. Anyone right now, you can go back watch highlights of Steve Outwater, and he looks like a huge dude on screen. But in person as a kid, I was like, dang, he is huge. He looked like a – you know, a Titan. And uh, he's been one of my, you know, as, as a as a young kid following the team and a fan of the Denver Broncos, Outwater was one of my favorites. And it was really cool, especially having a chance to meet him and, you know, see his, his in media as well, to see him begin to kind of blossom and forge a, a career on that side of things. It was so good to see him get in. And one of the cool things, Zach, I don't know if you caught this, but the argument that was put forth by Jeff Legwald, his his presentation in front of the voters that ultimately, you know, got Steve Outwater across the finish line. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal pitch. He landed on each and every kind of pivotal foundational point that you needed to, to make a case for Steve Outwater. And if you guys haven't seen that, you can go to milehighhuddle.com right now. It's on the front page under the community tab. You can see that watch the video of Legwald making that presentation, but man, the Denver Broncos. Look, we've talked about this before, Zach. That a bias has existed, a Bronco bias in the in the in the minds and the hearts of uh, you know the the voters for the Hall of Fame. But since twenty seventeen, the Broncos have basically doubled their representation at the Hall of Fame with Terrell Davis, Pat Bolin, Champ Bailey, and now sure. Steve Atwater. So it makes me a little bit more optimistic that things are starting to turn more toward the Broncos way. And that some of these guys who have been stuck in purgatory, especially Randy Gratishar, obligatory shot of adrenaline just fired through my brain right now, thinking <laughs> that he was snubbed yet again. Randy Gratishar, Lewis Wright, there's Carl Mecklenburg. There's right. a, there's a few names out there. Now I'm a lot, Mike Shanahan. I wrote about this today, Bill Cower talking about how Mike Shanahan should be in the hall of fame. I, I'm a, I'm a lot more optimistic that some of these guys now, Zach will have them the opportunity to get in seeing a guy like Steve Atwater who's just been waiting, 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 finally get over the hump.
2: And also Peyton Manning, who's eligible next year, will be a shoo-in first ballot Hall of Famer. So yeah, it's really a good look for Denver. They have so many talented players, so many talented alumni, and all throughout the NFL, a lot of worthy players vying for a spot on the Hall of Fame. But you you touched on it, Chad. It's it's not just a theory. It's not just you know a tinfoil hat speculation. There is some sort, or there was some sort of bias against the Broncos. That's why there was so much aversion to putting any of their former players or executives or whatever in the Hall of Fame. But the last three that have made it, I mean, that's just – it's forward positive momentum for the organization. And, like, once we have a few get in, maybe the floodgates will all come down. We can get the rest in.
4: It's just cool, too, that he joins so many of his teammates from those back-to-back World Championship Broncos teams, Elway, Davis, Shannon Sharp, Gary Zimmerman. And now he's just the second defensive player. And, listen, I don't count guys like Brian Dawkins. Even though he's in and he had a couple of years in Denver – there are other guys like Ty Law who very briefly passed through Denver that are in the Hall of Fame. The true Broncos who are in the Hall of Fame starts with Elway, Floyd Little, Gary Zimmerman, Shannon Sharp, Terrell Davis, yep. uh, Steve Atwater, now, of course, uh, Pat Bowen, Champ Bailey, and unless I'm missing someone, I think that's it. Everyone else you know, that's had a tangential you know, connection to the Broncos – you know, you can, you can make your argument, but at the end of the day, these eight guys or nine guys, whatever it is now, that's the core representation of this team in the Hall of Fame. And considering still, Zach, the fact that the Denver Broncos are one of the most prolific and successful NFL teams of all time, they are still woefully underrepresented. Yeah. And So that's why I'm saying, you know, let's, let's be optimistic now that with Steve Atwater getting in a year after the Broncos sent two guys in, you know, the, the, the tides, they are a-changing.
2: Yeah, you got Mike Shanahan, like you mentioned, Chad. Obviously Peyton Manning, who you can kind of refer to as a Bronco. He won I a ring here. He won a yeah, Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, he did. He he won one in indie two, but you know, he ended his career going out in, in the sunset. So I consider him a Bronco. Yeah. Uh, then you have, you know, Von Miller is going to be, I think, a first ballot Hall of Famer years after he retires. So yeah. maybe maybe Drew Locke. You never know. So the Broncos have a good mix of the old guard and the new guard coming up. So, like I said, great look, and I'm very, very happy for Steve Atwater. Very well deserved.
4: Amen. Stu McPeak, our super chat number one superstar, jumps in with a ten dollar donation on on Super Chat, and he says, "Broncos need to build the team around what it will take to beat KC." Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a fair observation, Stu. The question is, what does it take to beat him? I mean, Mahomes and the Chiefs. Look at what the Niners did. I mean, they pitched uh, they pitched three quarters of a great game, shutting out the for the most part, I mean, keeping them to 10, 13 points, whatever it was, and I think it was 10 points, right, heading into the fourth quarter. Mm I mean, that in and of itself is an accomplishment only to cave when the chips were down because once once you get out of kind of game plan mode and it's just Patrick Mahomes having to make something happen, you know, backyard football basically, and he can just kind of let loose and be himself. I mean, John Elway talked about one of the reasons, for example, that he was so good in the clutch and when the chips were down and you needed to make something happen is, you know, kind of the game planning aspect and the thinking and the strategy of it all. And it goes out the window and it's just athletes making a play who can't find a way, make a way in this key situation. And when that, when the chiefs get placed into that little funnel, That little window of time late in the game, fourth quarter, whatever it might be, where the chips are down and Mahomes has to do something, and Andy Reid's calling plays, but he's basically saying, hey, Pat, do whatever you got to do. That's when the magic happens, and that's why, getting back to what Stu's saying here, Zach, it's hard to put your finger on what exactly it's going to take to stop this guy.
2: To me, Patrick Mahomes is game plan resistant. I mean, you can have the best coaching in the world, but when he gets on, he's unbeatable. He's unstoppable. He's just that much of a transcendent talent. And to, to answer the question, the Broncos have to stock the cupboard on offense. They have to have an offense who you saw today. Garoppolo was not on his level. He was not his counterpart. That entire Niners offense wasn't on the Chiefs level. So the Broncos have to have an offense that can at least look to go toe to toe, if not, you know, maybe match touchdown for touchdown with Chiefs and also have good coaching situational coaching to know when to run the ball when to call timeouts Vic Fangio struggled with that in aspects last year hopefully he gets better this season but the Broncos have those two things in place they can hang with the Chiefs but you got to just love what they're doing right now even as a rival team this offense the play calling their 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 aggressiveness they stay on the gas they don't crumble they don't wither to adversity I have a lot of respect for what Andy Reid is doing and a lot of respect for what Mahomes is doing with the quarterback position Chad even as
4: an analyst I, you know, I can respect what the Chiefs are doing. I hate them. I hate the Kansas City Chiefs, dude. I hate them. And it dates all the way back to, you know, growing up as a kid. Like the Chargers, I don't hate the Chargers because they're the Chargers, you know, who's, you might, they might be good one year or whatever, but you don't really take them all that seriously. What, what I hated as a kid growing up were the two main threats Oakland Raiders, the two main rivalries, Raiders and Chiefs. And to this day, like, I give them their props. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I can be fair objective-minded when it comes down to, you know, look, what they're doing is phenomenal and you, and you got to respect it. But I hate the Kansas city chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. It's a hateful respect. Like, I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, get Him to the Greek. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you ever saw that, but there's a scene when uh, they're on the airplane and uh, the guy that plays the rock star, I'm forgetting names now. Anyway, Russell Brand. Yeah. Russell Brand's character. He's like, what you just said makes me hate you. But, also makes me respect you. It's a hateful respect. And that's basically what I have for the yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs Zach. And by the way, Terry jumps in, up in Canada, $5 donation on Thank Super you, Chat. Appreciate, Appreciate you, Terry. Broncos country, way up north. Again, it's not a geographic location. Broncos country is a state of being. And he says, uh, Brooks mocks. I'm, I'm guessing you're saying it's Bucky Brooks. A uh, mock draft took Higgins over Riggs at 15. Wow, that surprises me. That's not something I'd be too... I'd be that's that's one pick Zach if you left Riggs look it's one thing if you're gonna go wide receiver in, in the first round I can get behind if it's the right guy to me Higgins is not one of the right guys
2: no, I, I would definitely not take him over, over rugs in that position. I mean, it depends how the board breaks and it depends how the Broncos evaluate their receivers in the pre-draft process. But, you know, cards on the table time, I'm taking rugs nine, you know, 10 times out of 10 all day, every day. That's a better receiver for this offense. And, uh, it's a bold mock draft, but they are mock drafts for a reason. They're just practice runs. They're guesses by analysts. A lot of time left until the draft. Uh, I, I wouldn't look for that to become reality though, come April.
3: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
3: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
4: Wants to know, who do you guys think should get in the Hall next for Denver, excluding Peyton Manning and John Lynch? I think number 80 deserves it, speaking specifically of Rod Smith, of course. And Randy Gratishar was the biggest snub this year. And for what it's worth, let me qualify something. You know, Dawkins, I said that I don't consider a guy like Dawkins or Ty Law to be, you know, even though they do represent the Broncos in the Hall, they're not Bronco Hall of Famers so, per, per se. They're Patriot Hall of Famers and Eagles Hall of Famers. Where I qualified is, I think you need. It's similar to the Ring of Fame requirements, Zach. I think you got to have a minimum of four years in on the team, and you have to achieve excellence on an individual level and be the impetus for also some team success. Yeah, John Lynch. For me, as much as I love John Lynch, don't get me wrong, he's borderline. Like, for example, Akib Talib, To me, based on my requirements, his case is significantly stronger if he goes into the hall one day, which is unlikely. But if he does. To be a, you could say he was a Bronco because the the pinnacle achievements in his career came in Denver. He was a Pro Bowler all four years. He was here, and he helped win a World Championship. Lynch, you know, I think he was a Pro Bowler each year. He was in Denver. Broncos got to an AFC Championship game, didn't quite get over the hump. But to get back to the question here, the answer here for Sleepy, I would say the next guys, Gratishar. There's going to be some real juice behind Gratishar again. I got to think Gratishar, Besides him, Setting Peyton aside. Shannon. Carl Mecklenburg, probably. Let's yeah. go on.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Chad. I think Gratishar is uh, Excuse me, is the next logical uh, snub for the Hall of Fame. He's the next guy who should get in. But I also think as a coach, like you mentioned, and you laid out a great argument for Mike Shanahan, I mean, you can make maybe make the case for Rod Smith. I mean, he, he's kind of a borderline candidate. But the Broncos definitely have some alumni out there who will get in eventually. I don't know anyone immediately, but they definitely have some contenders. And like you just mentioned uh, at the opening segment, Chad, now that the Broncos have momentum for these players to get in these and these people to get in hopefully we start seeing that those bar- those barriers being broken down in Canton. Black Knight 232 on YouTube wants to know, he says, we need to get a nice free
4: agent and draft hall. Is there any word on the news on the special teams front? Coordinator, are they going to move on from Tom McMahon or are they going to keep him and get a better punter? They're going to keep him and try and upgrade the punter. Like, McMahon's not going anywhere, guys. Like, it's just not happening. Um, they're, they've already brought in a guy they've signed to a futures contract and it will be interesting to see whether or not they do anything after the draft or even late in the draft, Zach, with all these picks they have. But, but yeah, Tom McMahon, even though a lot of us want to see something happen there, it's this year it's not going to happen. They're
2: holding on to him. I've just resigned myself to the fact that McMahon has compromising photos of someone in the front office chatting. Elway or, or someone, Joe Ellis, someone up there. There's, that's the only way that I can explain him having a job still, but obviously Fangio uh, likes his veteran ability. I, he likes his experience. I'm assuming he's banking on, and I would not be surprised at all if the Broncos used a fifth or sixth round draft pick on a punter. They have to replace Wadman by any means necessary, and signing one guy to a futures deal does not do it for me. I want legit competition in there because he was by far the biggest uh culprit on that special team, so they have to upgrade that. If man's gonna keep his job, someone from that side of the ball has to be the scapegoat. It was always the worst opportunity
4: you know, least opportune time when Colby Wadman would shank one as well. And you just, yeah, you need to upgrade that. Chris, one of our super chat superstars. It's been a while Thank since you. we've seen you, Chris. What's up, dude? He says missed you guys. Hashtag United and Orange jumps in with a $21 donation. Thank you,
2: Chris. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate
4: we, you. We missed you as well, brother. Uh let's see what we got here ton a lot of super chats coming in here let's see what's on the minds of everyone cuz we got to keep this one relatively tight because i have got uh some super sick kids man the flu just rocked my kids you know mm-hmm. anyone that has elementary and junior high age kids you know they're like walking little petri dishes you know they they're little germs uh and that just tore through my my kids this week all right jordan $5 donation on super Thank chat you, As usual, it's a donation and no specific question or comment. Jordan, we love you, appreciate you. Steve jumps in here. Oh, there it went again. It keeps going down to the bottom on me. There we go. Steve uh, Baumgartner jumps in, $10 donation on Super Chat. Thank you, Steve. And he says, I hope next year Fangio and Locke can stop Mahomes. Yep. I mean, we do too, man. And basically what it's going to come down to, as you saw tonight, is – I really don't think it's simply a matter of defense wins championships or defense is what it's going to take to stop Mahomes. It's points. Can you score points? Can you keep up? And that's really what it's going to boil down to, I think, Zach, for the Broncos and any team that wants to vanquish the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: But if there's anyone though in the AFC West that can stop the Chiefs on paper, it is the Broncos. It's not Derek Carr and the Raiders. It's not Phillip Rivers, whoever's going to be quarterback in their team next year with the Chargers. It is definitely Drew Locke and the Broncos. They have the potential franchise quarterback. They have the defensive mastermind. If they can put those two ingredients together, they could theoretically stop Mahomes, but it's going to take a lot. It is. It is. And Big Daddy Kane jumps in.
4: $10 donation on super chat. Appreciate Thank you, your big daddy. He says, I cannot believe the chiefs won." Ugh. Anybody from Denver knows <laughs> how we feel. I mean, that's the thing is again, like, you know, when it comes to analysis, when I'm sitting down, I'm going to break out an article for you guys, or I'm going to talk to you here on the podcast. I really do feel like, and maybe this is, this is wishful thinking on my part, but I do feel like for the most part, I can keep it. I t- can take off the orange colored glasses and keep it objective. The one thing that's really hard for me though, I hate the Kansas City Chiefs. And I got family and I got friends who are Chiefs fans. And, you know, this is going to be as tough a year for a guy like me as it is everyone else in Broncos country, seeing these guys bring it home. But, again, as as our friend uh, Trick Lessons was saying, they want it. Let's not be sour. Focus on the Broncos. Focus on what comes next. The road to the next Super Bowl begins now. Um, here's an interesting question from Fame D. Rob. On YouTube, do you think Peyton will go in as a Bronco considering the way the Colts dumped him and the success he had there? Well, first off, the idea of going in as a with to representing a specific team that's a that's a thing of a bygone era. That's not how it really works in the hall anymore. But <clears throat> to your point though, fame D Rob, that uh, you know, the Colts dumped him and kind of spurned him, those bridges appear to have been rebuilt, Zach, because he's done a lot of post retirement. Um, you know, re-engagement with that Colts organization. And so I think he's one of those guys, Peyton Manning, truly and utterly when he goes into the hall, you
2: know, he's split right down the middle Colts Broncos. And he's also hung around the Broncos facility a lot, Chad, and coming to their practices. Good, yeah. And he still lives in, in Denver, as you say, or Colorado. So he still has ties to the, to the organization. I would not be surprised if he does something that can include both teams, the Colts and the Broncos. He strikes me, obviously, as a super classy guy. He's not going to spurn one fan base or the other. He had success with both teams. So when he goes into the hall, when, not if he's a first ballot guy, I think he'll do something to include both organizations as he should.
4: Yeah. Our friend Larry, Broncos fan number 24 <clears throat> on YouTube, jumps in $15 donation. Appreciate you. you, Larry. Says, I was kind of liking the idea of going defense in the draft because of the Niners, but it's obvious Denver still needs to put up points to have a chance to beat KC, even with a great defense. You know, that's what's so stunning, Zach, about the way this Super Bowl shook out is you're thinking to yourself, dang, as this thing's unfolding going into the fourth quarter, man, what they say is true. Defense wins championships, it's holding true. The Chiefs choked. You know, I even had a lot of, of friends who and family members on social media at the top of the fourth quarter after um Mahomes threw that pick to Warner. Like hats off to the Niners. This one's in the in the buttons. Right. blew it. Anyway, they stormed back. But what's more apparent is, yeah, you gotta always be trying to stack the the shells put wood on the fire, as it were, for your defense. But if you want to, you're, you are in Patrick Mahomes' division, dude, and you've got to be able to fight fire with fire. Bottom line.
2: I mean, the impetus for the Broncos is even more exaggerated because they play them twice every year, like you just mentioned, Chad. So, yeah, defense can definitely keep the Broncos in the game, but if they want to beat the Chiefs and beat Mahomes, they have to have the offense to match. That's why it's encouraging that they finally, potentially, have their franchise quarterback. No veteran holdovers, no veteran Band-Aids. They have a young quarterback who can potentially, again, go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. We have to see how those two ingredients play out and coalesce in 2020.
4: Big Daddy Kane again jumps back in, $5 donation. Appreciate you, Big Daddy. Thank you. Says the Chiefs, <clears throat> excuse me, still need one more Lombardi trophy to catch up to us, three time Super Bowl uh champions. And that's true. I think also the Raiders have three, right? If I'm not mistaken off the top of my head. So yeah, the Broncos and the and the Raiders still pacing the division in terms of world championships. And of course, the Raiders haven't won anything since early 80s as far as Super Bowls. So it's basically been all Broncos and now one year of the Chiefs. Uh, But Christie brings up an interesting point, and it's somewhat consoling, right? Good news is the Chiefs have to pay the man now. It'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs can kind of juggle the demands of paying Patrick Mahomes what is sure to be a world-breaking freaking contract contract. And then still try and keep the roster relatively balanced. But even then, even if you got to pay the price and you lose a guy like Chris Jones on your defensive line or what, you know, for Breeland and at cornerback, whatever it might be. Again, I remind you guys when the chips are down and it's time for Patrick Mahomes to just play backyard football, who can stop him? I haven't seen it happen yet with very few exceptions, right? They're 12 and four this year, the chiefs, right? But, so it's not like they're completely unbeatable, but still the idea that once those chips are down and it's late in the game and it's backyard football, it's just what a challenge he presents.
2: I mean, he is going to get his money. He's going to be the first $40 million a year quarterback in the NFL and every penny is well-deserved. But the, the Chiefs would happily trade in a Chris Jones, Sammy Watkins, every free agent they have to you know, save up their pennies and re sign Patrick Mahomes. He's that valuable. They don't need those other players necessarily when you have a talent like Mahomes. That's why for years, the Colts under Prime Peyton Manning, they had a crappy defense. They didn't really put too much on that side of the ball because Peyton was that important. He makes the entire team go. Same thing with Mahomes. Yes, it's going to impact their salary cap. It's going to take up a giant chunk of it, but Mahomes is worth every penny. And the Chiefs have been planning for this, Chad, for probably a season now. So it's not too surprising. It's not going to really hurt their chances. It's going to hurt their salary cap, but they're still going to be competitive regardless of the dominoes that fall because of the money they're laying out for Mahomes.
4: No doubt. Terry Randall jumps back in up in Canada. Best podcast ever. Hashtag state of being. Amen to that, Terry. Appreciate you. Let's see here what uh, Larry has to say again. Jumps back in on Super Chat. Off topic, but how do you think Kareem Hunt is feeling? He was supposed to be on the chiefs, you know, I'm sure he's, I'm sure Zach he's, you know, he's got his full measure of regret for multiple reasons. Why, how things ended for him in Kansas city. But other than that, you know, it's not really something I think anyone's going to s- spend too much time worrying for Kareem hunt, right. but you know, didn't he just get arrested too, by the uh-huh. way?
2: Zach? Yeah. He got so, stopped for traffic and, and drugs or whatever, or think, the container. Right? Yeah. Weed and something else. So it'll be interesting to see now how much that's going to
4: affect his free agent, prospects. You got to wonder if that just kind of wipes him off the board for the Broncos. I'm not saying it does, Mm -hmm. but we'll see how that shakes out.
2: I mean, no one's feeling bad for Kareem Hunt. He did it to himself with his incident with his then-girlfriend or whatever she was at the time. I mean, oh, no yeah. one's going to feel bad for the guy. He did it to himself, and uh, and even now in Cleveland, he's still getting in trouble, and he said that he can't pass a drug test to the cop who arrested him. So great talent, but another player with a 10-cent head, and like you just said, Chad, that arrest, I think, takes him off the Broncos board. They don't need those type of, of you know polluting cancers in the locker room right now.
4: All right, guys, one or two more, and then we have to get out of here for tonight again. It's my fault tonight. Um, but Brian jumps in Greenfield on Super Chat. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. He says, happy <clears throat> Excuse me, happy for Atwater. Should have been in. Halftime show sucked. You know, I, I think all things entertainment, it's always in the eye of the beholder. I've seen some people who really liked it. I personally didn't watch it, to be honest with you. I never watched the halftime show. Like, I just, I'm not interested in that. I go do something else, you know make sure the snacks are ready to roll, whatever it might be today, hung out with my kids for a minute. But uh, Zach, what were your thoughts on, of course, Brian saying, you know, props to Atwater and amen to that, but your thoughts on the halftime show?
2: I mean, as someone who lived in South Florida for 25 years, the show is very Miami. So in that sense, you have two of the biggest Latin acts on stage together. I thought it was a very Miami type performance. And I thought that musically it was very well. It was very entertaining. I don't really usually watch the halftime shows. I care about the football. They're always kind of letdowns to me. So In terms of music, I think it was good, but I don't really put too much stock in it. I don't really care too much about it. I wanted to see the teams just get back on the field and play each other already. All
4: right, guys, listen up. Thank you so much for – oh, what's this? One more. One more, then we'll get out of here. Chris says, I've heard rumors of Amari Cooper to the Bronco. Mm. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, where that's coming from, Chris, is that if the – Cowboys do indeed franchise tag Dak Prescott, and it appears it's heading that way, right, Zach? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be more likely that Amari Cooper hits unrestricted free agency. And if that's the case, then, yeah, you know, that's a that's a guy that the Broncos can go, you know, like a bat out of hell, go get after him and try and team him up with Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant and Philip Lindsay, And, you know, you got your slot guy and Deshaun Hamilton and let Pat Shermer go out and make some magic. It's It's definitely – in the pipe I don't think he's been specifically connected by anyone in the know quite yet to Denver but it lines up you know and the Broncos are the front office in Denver are well acquainted with Amari Cooper as a talent because of those initial years he spent in Oakland
2: That's right. Yeah. The Cowboys have three main free agents Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Byron Jones. I don't think Byron Jones is coming back to Dallas, and I think he's actually a more realistic target for Denver. They have the money to spend. He's going to get paid, and they have a need in the secondary. Amari Cooper, I still think Dak gets a long term contract, and I think they will either re sign Amari Cooper or use the franchise or transition tag on Cooper. You don't give up a first round pick for the guy in a season and a half and turn around and let him walk for free. So I still think Cooper comes back to Dallas. It's by no means a slam dunk, but even if if he doesn't, I wouldn't really hold my breath on the Broncos making a huge play for him. If there's anyone from Dallas they can go after, I think Byron Jones is a much better fit.
4: All right, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, and don't forget to head on over and leave a creative review on Apple Podcasts. Again, just a great organic way to support the show. And you guys went wild in January, by the way. Props to you guys. It's going to be hard tomorrow when we go through. And, uh, you know, all the people that aren't going to get selected because we just randomly select one or two names and just go with that. And there's so many people that reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts last month. Maybe we can grab one extra one or something. Thanks to you guys for for supporting us. Make sure you're finding my partner on Twitter, at NFL myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then stay tuned because we'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night, our usual time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And until then, guys, we're all going to just have to eat our hearts out, Zach, the Kansas City Chiefs are world champs.
2: Credit where credit's too. You can hate them, like Chad mentioned. It's it's a respectful hate, but you have to just recognize them for what they are. They're world champions right now with the best quarterback in the game. And uh, until the Broncos knock them off the pedestal, just got to bite the bullet. Focus instead
4: on the fact that one of the greatest human beings, like the nicest guy God put on this earth, Steve Atwater, and the most deserving safety. I mean, we we could sit and go through his resume for, for hours and how deserving he was for the Hall. The football gods got him in. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yes. So focus on that, and uh, we'll circle back one day from now, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, eight or 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. For-
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
3: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.